Betty White is a delightful lady and a most talented actress. And uh, many of you know her, of course, from her Emmy Award-winning performance as uh, the happy homemaker on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. And she's currently starring in her own show, The Betty White Show. Would you welcome Miss Betty White? Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to the Black Case Diaries. Oh, God, you can't get rid of us. <laughs> We're three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. And I'm Adam. Oh, boy, you'd think we'd have it by, by now. Like, without, we could do it with our eyes shut by now, but it's just not the case. No, we, no. No. We don't have it together. <laughs> That's the thing. The podcast is just, I mean, we're good enough. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're passable. We're pa yeah, a passable, passable podcast. That was our, exactly. what was it? Uh, Marvelous Movies, Fantastic pa Friends, mm -hmm. passable, passable podcast. podcast. Yes. We, we need to make that. Put it on a shirt. Yes. <laughs> it's 1939. Two Beverly Hills high school seniors, a boy and a girl, head down to Channel 13 a local station in Los Angeles, to participate in an experimental TV transmission. They step into the studio with tan makeup and dark brown lipstick so that their faces won't be washed out under the intense lights from the studio. The young man was Harry Bennett, the senior class president. The young lady was Betty White. And unbeknownst to her, this transmission is the beginning of one of the longest careers in television history. Every once in a while, there's a person in the film industry that blows everyone away. These are the kind of people that are universally beloved for their kindness, humor, creativity, and groundbreaking work. Up until December 31st of 2021, there was no living person in show business more beloved than Betty White. From her countless appearances in TV, film, radio, and commercials, to her dedication to the well-being of animals, Betty White never really disappeared from our collective minds. As the global pandemic raged, the internet called out in unison, protect Betty White at all costs. She was America's grandmother, and by all accounts, a friend to everyone who knew her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys remember seeing those? Protect Betty White. I absolutely do. <laughs> she was really, really special. Mm -hmm. People were very dedicated yeah. to her. When Betty White passed away, she was so close to her 100th birthday that People Magazine already celebrated it on the cover. Her birthday celebration was slated to premiere in theaters. So this month, we're celebrating the 100th birthday of a comedy and TV legend by telling her story. Yay! Woo! It's oh, a biography man. episode. Yay! Dude, yes. it's been a minute since we've done one of these. Yeah, it has been a little while. I guarantee we would have done this one at some point. Absolutely, There's yeah. no question about that. But this one became kind of an impromptu, like, oh, we gotta yeah. do this now yeah. because of the unfortunate news. Which I don't even think anybody considered that she would no. die yeah. before she turned a hundred. Yeah, because we were—I already—we knew that there was the movie yeah. celebration. We knew all mm -hmm. that. You know, we knew. We it. were like lulled into a false sense of yeah, security. Yeah, it was almost like it was this. Like just, this is gonna happen. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay. It yeah. was this thing we felt we had been promised. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all felt like we—it was going to happen. And and you know, it's kind of funny. Being a comed the comedian that she was, maybe it was like 
<laughs> it's like perfect comedic timing. Well, she, I mean, she did have perfect timing. Together, yeah, you know what? Put all yeah. this together and then just die. What's funny? We all felt like we knew her. She was yeah. on our TVs. Yeah. It was. She was in our home, technically. You know, like yes. <laughs> so she's just. She was around for so long that it's you had the time to get to know her in yeah. that way, right? It's yeah. like. The same thing with New Year's Rock and Eve, something like that. Dick Clark, mm-hmm. Dick yeah. Clark yeah. was on it for so long that everybody kind of knew him, and it was kind of expected yeah. that he was there, right? So it's the same. It's the same vibe yeah. where when they're around for that long and influenced so many things, and we're in so many things that you already love. Yeah, you you grow real real attached. So we'll start by talking about her family life. On January 17, 1922, Betty Marion White was born in Oak Park, Illinois. Shortly after, her parents, Tess and Horace White, moved with their young daughter to Los Angeles, California. Moving to California had a great effect on Betty and placed her on course for a long and wonderful life. Many of her decisions would be based around her love of living in the Golden State. Tess and Horace White loved animals and passed that passion on to their daughter. Every summer, they would go backpacking in the High Sierras together for three weeks. It sparked Betty's love of animals greatly. She joked that her parents would bring home animals and beg her to let them keep them. Keep their new furry friends. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Nice reverse. Which is cute because you always, you know, when you're a kid, you bring home animals and you're like, can we keep them? You find a frog or something. Please, can we keep it? It was all alone. Yeah. It's like, you mean you stole it from somebody. (laughs) Uh, We found a dog once. Oh, we begged my mom. Oh, Oh, I wanted to keep it so bad. Betty White described her parents as completely supportive in everything she did, even when she decided not to go to college. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably pretty big. Yeah. That's that's like crazy for that time period. Yeah. Or, Or it wouldn't be as common. To be that supportive, especially to a a girl her age. As Betty was growing up in California in the 1920s, experiments in television, the medium that would one day make her famous, began all over the world as early as 1928. At the New York World's Fair in 1939, NBC presented the first television demonstration to the American public. Just eight years later in 1947, programs were being televised regularly from Chicago and New York. That's yeah. That's, that's a, crazy, man. It's the, a pretty fast timeline. Yeah, the, that is pretty quick. The the last thing to take off at that level had to have been the smartphone, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But even mo- like, I think TV was probably a faster growth. Yeah, it and was like, quick. And like, you can't find a household without TV, pretty much. Not now. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No. There are some people out there who may not have smartphones, but like TVs, well beyond that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people. Crazy. There are people who don't have TVs still, but it's like, a, like a conscious choice, like, right? You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And when I, partially when I say TV, I don't necessarily mean like hooked up to the networks or whatever. I mean no, like yeah. you have a TV to watch. A device mm-hmm. that allows you to watch. Yes. Media that is not a film projector right. is mm-hmm. TV. <laughs> yep. Right. By 1948, this new form of entertainment was sweeping the nation and stars of the small screen were quickly becoming celebrities. Before television, audiences had to head to theaters and concert halls for entertainment. Television made entertainment so much more accessible, and it widened the scope of what kind of entertainment Hollywood could produce. So, you know, before 
there were TV stars, mm-hmm. everybody would go to the movies mm-hmm. and you would see Katherine Hepburn on mm-hmm. the screen. Right. And she was, you only saw her as her characters on screen. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, people would idolize stars. They'd love stars just like they do now. Yeah. But they weren't really seen as people nearly as much. And then when TV happened, we were watching TV shows about people wearing aprons in kitchens yeah. with children and mm-hmm. have, you know, and it was a much more accessible type of entertainment yeah. and it was yeah. in houses and it was in your home. It was so much more intimate. And then you could watch talk shows where you could see Katherine Hepburn talking yeah. like a regular person yeah. <laughs> on a couch. And it was like, you know, it, it changed the industry so much because it was suddenly so much more personal. Yeah. You know, people could connect to all of us so much more. And I think that's why Betty White thrived because she's the kind of yes. actress that you want to know as much as you can about her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it was that same way that people connected to radio for so long. Yeah. Right. People would sit around and listen to the radio because that's what you did. Yes. And, and it felt like you were t- being talked to. Yeah. And you'd get yeah. connected to voices like the, yeah. the whole fireside chat thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like the president is in my living room. Exactly. <laughs> so then not only the sound, but also visuals to tie in with that, you get to see them. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot that you can gather from somebody by watching them, not just listening. Like, mm-hmm. it's a whole other dimension, right? Yeah. So it's just next level. Yeah. But Betty didn't initially plan on being an actress. Her ambition was to be a writer. When it came time to graduate from Horace Mann Grammar School in Beverly Hills, she wrote herself as the lead of the graduation play. She would credit that experience as the moment when she contracted showbiz fever for which there is no known cure. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, she was hooked. (laughs) (laughs) Betty graduated from Beverly Hills High School in 1939, one month after NBC's television demonstration at the World's Fair. Also an aspiring opera singer, Betty was asked to sing at the graduation. She looked up to Jeanette McDonald as an idol, as well as Nelson Eddy. She said they were almost as important as her mother and father. (laughs) And I've seen clips of her singing, too. Yeah. Really beautiful singing voice. Oh, yeah. Even though she didn't really sing much in her stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. in her variety stuff, I'm sure she did. But Yes. And the stuff that we watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not so much. <laughs> Not as much. Yeah, the later things. <laughs> Donning her graduation gown, Betty and the senior class president headed downtown to Channel 13 to participate in the experimental broadcast that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Betty didn't immediately begin her TV career out of high school. For four years, she worked for the American Women's Voluntary Services to help with the war efforts. She met a lot of young men during this time, but her heart belonged to Paul, her sweetheart overseas. Paul had proposed before he shipped out, and every night they wrote each other letters. But Betty wasn't sure about the relationship, but eventually broke the engagement, returning the ring to his mother. Oh, that's a bummer. It must have been so hard. I know, that had to suck, because he's not even there. Right. Yep. But she said the joke was on her because he ended up marrying someone and staying married for many years and she married somebody and it did not last very long. You know I'm glad he was able to bounce back. Yes. Right, right. And it seemed to work out for both in both cases, at Mm -hmm. least because it's not like Betty White didn't go on to succeed, obviously. (laughs) Absolutely. But you can understand, like, that must have been so hard. Yeah. The, the unknown 
Like mm-hmm. he may have never come back. You just don't know. Yeah. So it's just, it's so yeah. hard to I can't make imagine. a decision like that. It's so hard now to send a message, an instant message, right? Or a text or into the abyss and yeah. not hear yep. back for hours and hours. Yeah, Robin. Imagine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might be kind of guilty of that, but you know, whatever. Anyway, but imagine this time period where you're sending a letter overseas and you don't know if you're ever even going to get a reply. Right, right. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's tough. Yeah. Even if they receive your letters and they want to, it's just... They it might not, not even be able to, and yeah. You, yeah. And you just don't know. You're like, do they hate me and they're not replying or can they not reply? Or did they die and I don't know or, yet? Yeah. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. number of reasons. She ended up marrying a P-38 pilot, but it sadly lasted only six months. Oof. Mm-hmm. Her second marriage would end as soon as she gained a career instead of a part-time gig in television. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just couldn't take it. As Betty White paved her way towards television, she spent time at the Bliss Hayden School of Acting. The school charged tuition from its students that allowed them to perform in productions. After her first performance, they asked her to be in the next play for free. From here, she diligently went around to the various radio shows, Landing radio gigs such as Blondie, The Great Gildersleeve, and This Is Your FBI. Awesome. <laughs> sound, they I'm, sound pretty cool. That's what I was saying. Radio yeah. still killer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> However, in order to be on the shows, you had to be part of the union, the American Federation of Radio Artists. In order to be part of the union, you needed to have a specific job, a problem we still face today. Am I right? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can have this job after you've had job experience. <laughs> yeah. This is a this is an yeah. entry level position that requires five years of experience. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Producer Fran Van Hartsvelt helped her out by taking a chance and letting her say one word in a commercial for margarine. In order to get her union card, she just had to say parquet, which was the brand of the margarine. For saying it twice, she got enough money to pay for half the union dues, and her father was excited and kind enough to pay the other half. She was official. Around 1950, the union expanded to include TV, changing its name to the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Wow. Dude, that's Mm -hmm. totally how old commercials used to be. Yes. Parquet. Parquet. Like, that's it. That is it. Here it is. That was it. Buy it. What do you want? (laughs) Yeah. It's right here. Buy it. (laughs) Television continued to rise in popularity, and radio stations were expanding into the TV format. Betty followed, landing a guest spot on The Dick Haynes Show, and shortly after, a role on a comedy show called Tom, Dick, and Harry. From here, she got paid a whole $20 a week to be on Grab Your Phone in 1949. It was her first game show. Game shows would become a large part of Betty's career, especially because she loved games. Just like Marcy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Marcy hates games. (sighs) But Betty loved to play Scrabble, you know, all the way till the end, pretty much. Scrabble is like school. I just don't. (laughs) For example, she loved the game show Password and appeared on the program in 1961. This is where she met her future husband, the host, Alan Ludden. Alan proposed to Betty, but she refused several times in fear that another marriage would not work out. Another reason was that Ludden lived and worked in New York, and Betty could never leave her beloved California. Patiently waiting for her to change her mind, Alan wore the ring around his neck until she said yes. 
He also sent her a stuffed bunny that simply said, please say yes, and had earrings hanging from its ears. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Persistent. Yeah. Yep. I I can't I, tell if it's cute or not. I though. know. I, I feel like she must have indicated that she really wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were in love. Yeah, she, just, she really, really loved She him. loved, yeah, also California. She just say like, hey, do you want to move? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, California is just as big as New York yeah, in, in ways, right? But his job yeah. was he hosted Password, and Password was filmed right, in New York. Right, right. Yeah. Eventually, Betty accepted and lived with him for four years in New York. Finally, Password's taping moved to California, and Betty was able to move back home. Boom. Woo-hoo! See? Yay! I'm talking about. Yay! Yay! There was this, you, Marcy was saying that he sent her the stuffed bunny with the earrings, and she said he knew that I probably didn't say yes because of the earrings. I said yes because of the bunny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cute. (laughs) So we already mentioned the beginning of Betty's career, but we're going to take a deeper look at some of her first projects. Now, grab your phone from 1949. On this delightful little show on KLAC-TV, host Wes Battersea asked questions to the audience. The audience could then call in to consult a panel of four women with phones in front of them. Every correct answer earned that audience member a total of five dollars. Five dollars. She was like five whole dollars. Yeah, five whole dollars. During its run in 1949, Betty received a call from a well-known radio host named Al Jarvis. Jarvis had seen her on Grab Your Phone and wanted to make her his Girl Friday. This leads us to her next big project, Hollywood on Television. Yeah. So obviously the next one is Hollywood on Television, 1949. Al Jarvis was looking to move his radio show to TV. The plan was to play records on the air, but the audience was more interested in Betty and Al and wanted to hear them talk. They nixed the records after the first week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like a talk show now. Yeah. I mean. They could do whatever they nice. want. Yeah. Must have been really good then. Hollywood on television had no script and was on six days a week. 5.5 hours a day. No. That's I could too not. much talk. How? That is so much time. It is. Six, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Think about how much podcast that would be. Oh, no. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> it would have to be unscripted. That's the only thing that yeah, makes sense you, in this. You, you, couldn't, can't. you couldn't script that. No. There wouldn't be enough time. You would just need some something to talk about. Right. Because you, you yeah. know you'd start mm-hmm. repeating real soon, though. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about people watching this. This is why people loved her so much, you know? Yeah. yeah. This is people, people are really like, every day they see her. Yeah. Every single day. It was the first time Betty was paid to be on TV. She started out at $50 a week, and when it became popular, she got $300 a week. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Betty was not one to read off of note cards. She and her first co-star, Al Jarvis, saw it as cheating. Even for in-show ad reads, she would quickly read a description before the show and then impart what she could remember to the audience during the show, which is hilarious. Yes. I would do that. There's no way you remember everything, but you know what? Yeah. Give it a shot. Get the gist of it. There's no way. You're like, what's the product? What does it do? Mm -hmm. How will it help the audience? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Betty and Al told little husband and wife anecdotes while hosting the show. 
and the producers wondered if they could make a new TV show based off of these kinds of stories. It became Life with Elizabeth, starring Betty White and Del Moore. Betty White in Life with Elizabeth, featuring Del Moore. And so this is becoming the more accessible stories for people to watch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Betty White was the first female producer of a national TV show. She produced and starred in Life with Elizabeth in the early 1950s. There was some debate about when the show originally aired, but it ran during the same era as all-time classics like I Love Lucy. Yes, so according to Betty, it seems that Life with Elizabeth started in 1950, and it aired for two years live, and they didn't start taping it until 1952, which is where a lot of places say that the show started. So if you look up when it aired, often it'll say 1952 to, I think, 1955. And so that's, the, that's where the confusion is. Betty starred in that before I Love Lucy and before a lot of these other famous sitcoms. And she was actually the first woman to star in a sitcom. Yes, yeah. and it was live. And it was a live show. It was not syndicated. Mm-hmm. I Love Lucy was really famous for being a syndicated show, but for Life with Elizabeth, it was recorded live, and you saw it live on TV. Yes. The show presented three sketches in each half-an-hour episode, all about the trials and tribulations of a young married couple. Sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the show didn't have a big budget, and Betty often said that it had about $1.95 for each episode. We don't know if that's a joke. <laughs> we, we don't. But she said it a lot, apparently. She did. Many times. There was a flat backdrop with just a few pieces of furniture to work with. The show ended in 1955, as Betty was already producing her next project. Yay! Yes. yes. That next project being The Betty White Show. 1954. Yay, Betty White! Yay! Hooray. (laughs) In the mid-1950s, Betty produced what would be the first of four different Betty White shows over the years. Yeah. (laughs) They just keep, they just kept trying. I mean, she's, she's worth it, right? Like, obviously we could turn this into something. (laughs) During that SAG, she won the SAG award, the Lifetime Achievement Award, and Sandra Bullock Mm -hmm. read the intro for her, and she said, she started in four shows <laughs> called The Betty White Show. Most people would stop naming it after themselves after like the first or second. Not Betty. <laughs> Every time. Yep. The Betty White Show. <laughs> and you'd think it's like, oh, are these all the same shows? Different nope. seasons or? Different nope. shows. Different yep. shows. <laughs> the show contains segments such as Bill Hamilton singing love duets with Betty, dance numbers, letters from viewers, advice from Betty, and interviews with guests. Mrs. Arthur Peterson of Taylor Falls, Minnesota, <laughs> sends in the, the farmer, says this is the laziest rooster in the world. And the city friend says, how do you mean lazy? Farmer says he's never crowed in his life. He always waits for another rooster to crow, and then he stands there and nods his head. <laughs> Her favorite thing to do was musical variety shows, especially the Carol Burnett Show. Yeah, she was a good singer, and she was a good actress, and she was very, very funny. (laughs) She, like, hits all of the right notes to just become a 
huge star on TV. Yes. I mean, it just makes so much sense. Exactly. I, I want to go back and watch some of this. Yeah. Like maybe it's not available. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe yeah. not go through the entire broadcast of each of them, mm -hmm. but like, I'm sure there are a lot of great, like best of episodes and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like to see some of it. All right. So next we're going to talk about some of her most influential shows and movies. Woo. All right. Mm -hmm. I mean, some more stuff that we would know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Some some of the ones that get named probably more often. I mean, I'm sure I know how often you probably heard about Life of Elizabeth, but yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk. Life with Elizabeth, you I'm mean? sorry, Life with... Yeah. Oh, how often... Yeah, we all really I know that one. that one even. <laughs> <laughs> Betty White preferred to do television over movies. So we really don't have very many movies on this list. Actually, I think we only listed one. Yeah. So the first one was the Mary Tyler Moore Show. In this show, Mary Richards moves to Minneapolis after a breakup and finds a job as an associate producer for the news on WJM-TV. Her boss, though disliking her determination and energy, relies on her for solving several problems in and out of the station. This show has a really iconic opening sequence. I don't know if you guys, you guys ever watched this show? Mm -mm. I think I've seen at least the <laughs> the intro. Yeah, it. it has a very iconic opening sequence where she like throws her hat into the air. Okay. And yes. then like freeze okay. frames. Mm -hmm. It's been parodied in a lot of a stuff. A lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. I've probably seen plenty of the parodies then. Yeah, you've probably heard the theme song too. And I, yeah, I've heard of the Mary Tyler Moore show, but yeah. I don't think mm -hmm. I've seen it. If you heard it, you'd be like, ah, oh, yes, okay. I've heard of this. The, you know, from the memes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, memes are the way history will be made <laughs> and recorded you forever. Know what? Yeah. That's how history books should be. They should oh just gosh, be filled with memes. memes. Dude, history would be so much fun. It would be more memorable. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's the factual thing of what happened, but here's some memes, memes. that were made about it at the yeah. time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine learning, like, Greek history oh or ancient, ancient history Bruh. via memes. They always had memes. They always did. Yeah. Like, yes. if you decipher the writing on the walls of Pompeii, yeah. there yeah. were memes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> The part of Sue Ann Nivens was written with an icky, sweet Betty White type in mind. The creators looked for a woman that could pull this off, but they could not find anyone that was perfect. Finally, the casting director, Ethel Winant, went to the real deal for the part. Mary Tyler Moore and her husband were already great friends with Betty and her husband, Alan. At the time, Mary was a beloved actress and audiences already loved her character of Mary Richards. How Mary reacted on the show could make or break a new character. Luckily, since Mary found Sue Ann Nivens funny, the audience gladly accepted the character, and Betty was asked to come back several times on the show. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so she played on the news channel, I believe. She was the happy homemaker. Yes, the happy <laughs> homemaker. Coffee experts agree uh good cup of coffee should always be savored just as it comes from the pot. Hot, rich, and black. <laughs> I just have a little cream and sugar. She was a kind of a more sexual character than yes. the other ones that she's played before. Mm -hmm. Like, this character was known as more of like a man-hungry... Yeah. Kind of... That kind of trope character. Not, yeah. not afraid to before. be like, yeah, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the next show we're going to talk about is the Jack P 
car tonight. This, of course, was a late night talk show that brought on several stars to interview and show off their talents. Right. He was Johnny Carson's predecessor. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Yes. She was in what they call irregular on Jack <laughs> Parr's Tonight Show. Jack had extended an invitation to her for any time that she was in New York to come on. Since she was such a staple within Jack Parr's Tonight Show, it would be a while before she was asked to come on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. The time would allow Johnny to gain his footing and establish himself apart from his predecessor. Yeah. They said <laughs> that she was basically up for anything. She, yeah. she was fine with doing anything. So they would be like, okay, we'll just throw <laughs> whatever we want at you. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. Could you imagine, since it's such an irregular you know, schedule for her to be on the show, mm-hmm. it's just like she spontaneously flies to New York one <laughs> evening. It's like they're already <laughs> filming and she just like kicks the door down. <laughs> I'm here. The, the show's changing. Yeah, yep. they can give her something. I'm on it now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The bold and the beautiful. Goodness gracious. <laughs> From 2006 to 2009, Betty spent three years in the bold and the beautiful. She played a very prominent part as Anne Douglas. Mm. When we think of Betty, we do not often see her as a dramatic actor. In a Tulsa World interview, she said, It's such a great stretch because I don't get the chance to do serious acting. So to get some serious things to do was kind of fun. Yeah, I imagine it's fun to switch it up for actors, you know, test their chops and things like that. Yeah. I honestly, when I read that she was on Bold and the Beautiful, I was like, what? Yeah, like, what do you mean? (laughs) How did that work? Yeah, yeah. And she said she got to just joke around after they were done shooting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Laugh about it afterwards. It's, yeah, like, oh I was going to say. I mean, <laughs> dramatic. I mean, it's yeah. the Bold and the Beautiful. Like. Right. The Bold and the Beautiful dedicated the Monday, January 17th episode to Betty. Aww. For her That's 100th very birthday. Sweet. Oh. Yeah. The Golden Girls. The Golden Girls. Four women, Rose, Blanche, Dorothy, and her mother, Sophia, live together in Miami, sharing their eventful golden years as their husbands have passed away. Oh my goodness, what a show. (laughs) Immediately, even if you've never seen it, immediately Mm -hmm. that is such a great premise. Yeah. Because you know it's going to (laughs) create all kinds of wackiness. And the four characters all have these very distinct personalities that are all really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of those shows that you're like, wait, which character are you? Yeah. Like, which character do you relate to? And or they're which all one? good answers. <laughs> yeah. They're all good characters. Mm-hmm. There's Dorothy, who's played by B. Arthur. She's mm-hmm. the kind of the snarky one. <laughs> and then there is Sophia, her mother, mm-hmm. who is this, you know, tiny little Sicilian woman who's, <laughs> you know, always just yeah. getting in her face and she's very sassy. And then, yeah. There's Rose, who is played by Betty White. She's the one that's just very naive and yeah. silly. So she has very wonderful, sentimental moments in the mm-hmm. show. But she is very much the comic relief of the show. Like the oh, whole yeah. show yes. is funny. They all mm-hmm. say funny things. But Rose is the funniest. She is the <laughs> one that, you know, they'll have a sentimental moment and Rose will say something that's very, very, very seriously mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and she's, yeah. I mean, yes, it's, keeps it lighthearted. Then, yes, and then there's Blanche, who <laughs> I feel like is one of the most famous of the characters. Yeah. A lot of people love Blanche. She's the yeah. one that's very, she's like the southern woman, and she's very, 
She's the one that's like attractive, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah, yeah she can't be alone, kind of. Yeah, she's the one thing. that's like always wearing her makeup and mm-hmm. dressing up and going on dates and you know. Yeah. Hey, I think we get along great. I got a feeling you're a wild woman. Oh, you bet I am. <laughs> I eat raw cookie dough. <laughs> and occasionally, I run through the sprinklers and don't wear a bathing cap. <laughs> and at Christmas, I've been known to put away more than one eggnog. Betty was almost cast as the character Blanche in Golden Girls, but Jay Sandrich, who shot the pilot, saw her as a rose. One reason was that he saw Blanche as too similar to Sue Ann Nivens from Mary Tyler Moore. Golden Girls nudged the Cosby Show out of the number one slot for the first week they were on the air. Dang. They were also able to stay in the top ten of TV shows for the first five years of the show. Half of their mail came from kids. It went across all age groups. Everyone loved it. After Golden Girls, she was approached about doing a talk show, but refused to put another talk show on the air for the American people. Interesting. She was like, nope, there's too many of those. Yeah, we don't need another one. I mean, I guess so, yeah, at this point. Yeah. And I mean, she preferred the musical... Yeah. Either, either the variety show. She'd already done a talk she show. She was like, I'm not going to. Yeah. Was she gonna... was like, um, excuse me, I pioneered that format. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I, I did it when like TV just started. So. Yeah, she's like, eh, I had enough. <laughs> yeah, seriously, go go back to the uh, Hollywood on television, right? Yes. Yeah. Six, yep. six days a week, five yeah, that's, hours. That's yeah. probably why she refused. You got enough content. She was like, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. She did enjoy doing Hollywood on television, though. Mm-hmm. She said she didn't get tired of it. Right. She said, yeah. Because you know, she's like, of course, at the end of the day, like, you know, when you kick off your shoes and stuff, you're physically exhausted. But she said she loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's podcasting. But, yeah. <laughs> but Golden Girls... Top tier content, absolutely. For sure. It's it's golden. Tier. It is really <laughs> really good. Next is the proposal. Margaret Tate, in order to avoid deportation back to Canada, lies and says she is engaged to Andrew Paxton. Even though Andrew is a disgruntled employee of Margaret's, he decides to go along with the plan, but insists that they must visit his family in Alaska. This movie was cute, but I feel like if Betty White wasn't in it, we wouldn't still be talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, it was a cute movie and all, but, like, I feel like... Mm-hmm. It would have just been slotted as yeah. another <laughs> rom-com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she Not made it really special. special. Yeah. yeah. Basically, what happened at this point in time was Betty White, she decided to do a Snickers commercial. Oh, I think boy. it was yes, a Snickers commercial. It was. Nice. And it aired during the Super Bowl. And, oh, I remember this one. Yeah. Yes. And that is the commercial that like brought her back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like she was it, it was like from doing the bold and the beautiful to doing A-list movies. Like, yes. you know, she was that brought her back because yeah. people people remembered how much they loved her and the commercial was so cute. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> It's great. Yeah. Well, she also, she's like, that's not what your mama said last night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah how that, she that wasn't like, afraid to do that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. The, and the thing is, it was such a successful commercial that Snickers has continued that marketing like yes. since. Mm-hmm. Like all the Snicker, Snickers commercials are like that where yeah. it's somebody You're not changing. not you when you're hungry. Exactly. Yeah. This movie brought more attention to her once again. 
possibly introducing her to even more audience members. In the role, she plays Ryan Reynolds' outspoken Grandma Annie. For this part, she had to learn some Eskimo. In a New York Daily News article from 2009, she said, It was actually the Clinket language. It's nothing that you can relate to. You have to memorize it syllable by syllable. I've been in the business for 61 years, and this may be the most fun I've had on one particular production. Aww. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I know that there was a lot of, or at least a couple different behind the scenes kind of promo things for this one where Ryan Reynolds is talking to her and Sandra Bullock as well, because Sandra Bullock was also in the movie mm-hmm. uh, playing Margaret Tate. And they make this joke that Betty White is thinks that Ryan Reynolds is the like coffee guy and stuff. <laughs> she's like, "Well, where's my coffee?" Yeah, he's like, yeah. "I started with you in this. What are you? What are you talking about?" <laughs> and she like she dotes on Sandra Bullock and is just yes. like, "Oh, Sandra." That's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Ryan like <laughs> I would, garbage. <laughs> I would I, if I were on that set, I'd find that so funny. <laughs> just like pretending to not recognize Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it's like, "Hey, can you g- give me a coffee? Where where's the coffee?" Like, I'm a movie star. Who? I used to play jokes like that on people when I was a photographer. Mm -hmm. If I, if, if there was somebody there that was like really well known or prominent or Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. I would ask them for their name for the caption. (laughs) That's so good. Yeah. It was, it's always, it was funny to see people's reaction to that because, yeah. Because like a lot of people would be like, oh, it's so, so she spelled like this. Other people will be like, are you serious? You know, and it's Do you like, not know? They're like, this event was for me. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah it's like, oh, not going to hang out with you? Not going to hang out with you? Next, we have Hot in Cleveland. My mother loved this show. Oh, boy. And, you know, she loved the proposal, too. And I remember mm-hmm. seeing the trailer for the proposal with my mom. I can still hear her laughing at her trying to find Sandra Bullock's boobs in the dress. <laughs> <laughs> There they are. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know if I've. It's been a minute since I've seen that movie. Three LA women are on their way to a vacation in Paris together when their plane must make an emergency landing in Cleveland, Ohio, of all places. I know, Ohio. Well, I might as well land it in the river. Yeah. <laughs> when they discover how desirable they are in Cleveland versus LA, they decide to stay. They find a lovely house to stay at that comes with one condition. That condition is a live-in caretaker named Elka Ostrowski, played by Betty White. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a, a more of like a, a kind of an abrasive character. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of mean to the ladies sometimes mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know, likes to watch them squirm. Originally, Betty did not think she would have enough time for this show and had set to only appear in the first episode. After working on that first episode, however, she could not turn it down and said she was in for the long haul. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the photos I saw of her after she died was her on the swing, the porch swing of that set. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think even her wax statue, you know how they make mm-hmm. all those wax stash- statues, it was her in that pink tracksuit from the first episode. <laughs> Let me ask you something. 
What's the deal with old ladies in tracksuits? Well, it's simple. In your 20s, you dress for men. In your 40s, you dress for success. In your 80s, you dress for the bathroom. <laughs> in her book, If You Ask Me, Betty says, What absolutely boggles my mind is that I find myself in yet another hit series, having a ball with a wonderful cast and crew. One of those in a lifetime is a blessing, two of them is a privilege, but three out of three, I owe someone big time. Oh, <laughs> she's so sweet. Yeah. But Betty, you're the reason it was a hit. I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, that part. show would not have been what it was without oh, her. Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I think she would have been, if we go go back to your photographer joke here for a second, mm-hmm. I think if you had asked her, she would have been like, jokingly like, oh, you you know who I am. <laughs> but then but then after we like, Betty White, here's how you spell it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, be nice about yeah. it, but really joke about it. She wouldn't be like uppity mm. at yeah. all. She seems so. I think she, yeah, yeah. I think she'd be like, oh, you don't know who I am. It's Carol Burnett. Or, oh, oh, yeah. Yes. You are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. That's exactly what she did. Perfect. It's, it reminds me of the SNL sketch where <laughs> Tina Fey comes up to the door oh my to do the, yes. uh, oh gosh, what is it? It's the, the 2010 census. census. The census, yeah. Oh boy. And she asks her her name and she says this crazy, hard to spell uh, name. Yeah. And then Tina's like, well, how do you spell that? And Betty's like, S-M-I-T-H. <laughs> it is a wonderful sketch. It's great. such a good sketch. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. Many guest stars that appeared on the show were her old friends from past shows. She loved the blend of her past with her future. And it was really fun to watch with people who had seen her past shows. Yeah. So I remember my mom, lo- she'd freak out. <gasps> oh, that's such and such from this show. Oh, perfect. Oh my gosh, they start. She always Aww. knew. She always knew who it was. And yeah. So over the years, Betty has contributed to American culture in many ways. Oh my gosh, yeah. So many ways. <laughs> they have to How inv- do you even count? They have to invent a new number for it. Yeah. <laughs> like... But here's some that you may not have known. As we said before, Betty White was the first female producer of a national television show. She was a trailblazer in many ways, as she's also considered to be the first woman to star in a live sitcom. Betty White famously refused to remove a dancer from her first variety show, as some TV stations in the South complained that he was black. In the Betty White show, She had a wonderful dancer and singer, Arthur Duncan. When it aired, audiences in the South demanded that he be removed. Betty refused, and Arthur would eventually go on to be a regular on the Lawrence Welk show. Arthur said of the incident, I was on the show, and they had some letters out of Mississippi and elsewhere that some of the stations would not carry the show if I was permitted to stay on there. Well, Betty wrote back and said, needless to say, we used Arthur Duncan in every opportunity we could. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, got him. Ha, yes. That's Dude, right. Dude, my grandma would watch Lawrence Welk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I can just remember. It's like, oh, like we were, we'd we be doing something, mm-hmm. and she'd look at her watch and go, oh, Lawrence Welk's going to come on. I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> oh. 
1983, Betty was the first woman to win an Emmy for Outstanding Host or Hostess in a game show or audience participation show. It was for the game show Just Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's Hilarious. rewind a little yes. bit, though. Yeah. <laughs> the irony is wonderful. <laughs> but for Just Men, we will link to an episode of that just men <laughs> is is wild uh, oh boy. i i really enjoyed there i found a youtube clip of it or actually actually a whole episode yes including the commercials from the early yes. 80s yes, which yes. were amazing which are so cute <laughs> but just men was this like it was in that fun weird time mm-hmm. of tv where everybody was like talking about sex but not Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like skirting that line. Yeah, yeah. So just men was very. There's a lot of like innuendo. These women are basically making guesses about their these men, these famous men, and the way they live their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's like, which which man would you like to start with? I want Steve. And then like the whole place starts laughing. Yeah. Like oh. everybody was right. And right. Betty would be like, me too. And then like they'll like, go, and I'm like, damn. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And Steve's sitting there like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Great, <laughs> and like the guys would say, yeah. like, st- oh, pretty, you know, suggestive stuff too. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they they were holding these little folded, I don't know, bi- binder type things. Yeah, and one of the questions was like, "Are you thrifty? Yes or no?" And one of them, he was like, "I'm so thrifty, I- I'm gonna keep the." The booklet here, if you'll let me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I think it was Steve. He was like, you know, I I, I want to keep this booklet, but I also want to keep you, Betty. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, damn. Oh. Betty always said she had two passions, acting and animals. Her friend, Dr. Rob Hilsenroth, said on the Morris Animal Foundation website, in the 1990s, Betty suggested pain management should be an area of future research and funded the first few studies. Today, if a veterinarian performs an elective surgery, like a spay or neuter, without using pain management, she or he could face a malpractice charge. You can thank Betty White for that revolutionary change in the way we practice all phases of veterinary medicine today. That's so wild. I know. I never even thought that there was a time that they didn't use pain meds yeah. on animals. Mm-hmm. I didn't. That's amazing. <laughs> like she was such a big contribution yeah. to the world. Like beyond, <laughs> yeah. beyond acting and you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's such a big deal. Like I said, I'm worried I'm gonna pet my cat too hard. <laughs> like I don't I yeah. don't you know what I mean? Yep. I don't yeah. want to hurt yep. my animals and you're, I can't imagine like damn You're like, oh no, did my cat jump too far but, down? Yeah, Are they, they okay? Exactly. I don't even I don't even let my cats jump from, from big <laughs> I heights. I make them wait and I get them. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like they like yell at me and I'm like, I know that <laughs> like, I know that you were built for this. Yeah, exactly. But like I'm not built to handle yeah, you doing this. The floor is really hard, okay? Yeah. <laughs> The thump that you make when you hit the ground scares me. Yeah. Okay? I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously over a an incredible career, yeah. you'd think she would win some awards, right? I think she won a couple. Uh, you know, yeah, probably a few here and there. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> Betty White's TV career lasted about 75 years. Damn. <sighs> <sighs> 
Over the course of this time, she racked up a lot, and we mean a lot, of awards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to list just a few. Nice. Because yeah. we'd be here for the rest of the night. Yeah, we'd be yeah. for a bit. We figure you can look, if you want to know all of them, yeah. you can look them up. Yeah. Right. Overall, Betty White has 22 Emmy nominations. In 1952, she won the Emmy for Most Outstanding Female Personality on Life with Elizabeth. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty Dang. crazy. Yes. The awards were not very big then, with no red carpet or photographers in sight. She was surprised when she found out she won, especially because she thought Zsa Zsa Gabor was going to win for Bachelor's Haven. She lovingly referred to this first award as her first golden girl. Aww. Very cute. <laughs> she said she had... She had to weld it a couple of times, Aww. put her back together. She Aww. kept imagine, dropping the Imagine being <laughs> so old that you have to fix your awards. <laughs> wow. You've had them for so long. In 1975, she won an Emmy for Outstanding Continuing Performance by a Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series for Mary Tyler Moore Show. Hey. Yay. She also won that same award again in 1976. Nice. She's like the 70s Reds. That's right. <laughs> she won the top award in 75 and 76. There you go. Perfect. In 1986, she won an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series for The Golden Girls, of course. <gasps> bum, bum, yes. bum, ba, da, da, da. Which she said when she went in the next day to record, you know, for recording... <laughs> It was it was silent. Nobody was talking about her award. <laughs> but then, as more people got awards over the years for the Golden Girls, then it, it yeah, everybody got happier and <laughs> celebrated so more. They were like, mad. they were like, "Are you kidding me? You won this, you? and we didn't win anything." She also got a 1996 Emmy for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series for the John Larroquette Show. In 2010, she won Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series when she hosted SNL. Her hosting was brought about by a Facebook campaign that garnered a lot of support. Lauren Michaels revealed he had asked her three times throughout the years, <laughs> but each time she said no. She said that she thought she would not fit on such a New York-oriented show. Luckily for us, her agent would not take no for an answer. In 1988, she got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Cool! Which is fantastic, of course. Many other awards as well, including the 1990 winner for a Lifetime Achievement Award in Comedy from the American Comedy Awards, the 2010 winner of a Britannia Award for Excellence in Comedy, in 1986, she shared a Golden Apple Award for Female Star of the Year with the other Golden Girls. In 2015, she won a People's Choice Award for Favorite TV Icon, and so many more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. In January of 2010, Betty White won the Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award. Recently, a clip of her receiving it from actor Sandra Bullock went viral as Betty White delivers a hilarious insult to Sandra. 
Yeah, she yeah. receives the award and burns her immediately. Yes. Oh, no. And it's very funny. <laughs> And it just, yeah, it went viral right after she died. People mm-hmm. were like, remember this? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is what we loved about her. <laughs> the fact that this lovely lady, she is such a wonderful one with all the wonderful things that have happened to her. Isn't it heartening to see how far a girl, as plain as she is, can go? As a child, Betty grew to love all animals, as did her parents. While she was growing up, she had dreams of becoming a zookeeper or forest ranger. But at that time, women were limited in what they were allowed to do. Betty loved pets so much that in 1971, she had a show called The Pet Set. (laughs) So cute. Where celebrities would stop by to talk and bring their pets along with them. The show would also discuss important issues such as wildlife preservation, pet care, and more. I watched one of these episodes. Aww. I just wanted to see what it was like, and I just yeah. got drawn into it. It was cute. I mean, nice. I, the guy she had on was Lauren Green. He was on Bonanza, which was a pretty popular show. Oh, okay, show. yeah. Betty served as a trustee at the Morris Animal Foundation from 1971 to 2013. She was even convinced to be the board president from 1982 to 1985. Her final gift to the foundation was the Betty White Wildlife Fund. In 2009, she won a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Jane Goodall Institute. Yeah. In 2009, 2010, she's winning all these Lifetime Achievement Awards. Nobody yeah. knows she's going to live for at least 11 more years. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. like, well, this is the we end We better for do you. it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Almost 12 years. More yeah. Crazy. And that that is super cool to win an award like that. You know. Being an influential and super television star, yeah. Yeah. it's unusual for them to be so highly regarded in a completely different area, Yeah, mm-hmm. right? This doesn't have anything to do with TV, yeah. really, but she still got a Lifetime Achievement Award from for, Jane Goodall, from Jane Goodall yeah. for animal activism, and that's like, obviously, you got to do a lot of good yeah. to get an award like that. So now we're going to talk about the sad the sad stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. No. But we're really blessed because most of this episode was happy stuff. And it really, yeah. Betty had a pretty upbeat, like, happy life. She mm-hmm. contributed in a lot of ways to things. Yes. Betty's career never ended as long as she was alive. Her last on-screen appearance was filmed 10 days before her death. And it was for her 100th birthday celebration movie. The film will still come to theaters. At least it did come to theaters. For one day only. On Monday, January 17th, for her birthday. Aww. Yeah. Even though she died, they decided we're going to do it anyway. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We want to see it. So, yeah. Yeah. We wanted to see I was it. actually really worried they weren't going to do it. I was like, oh, come on. You've already filmed it. I want to see it. She would have wanted it to continue, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Six days before December 31st, 2021, Betty had a stroke at 99 years of age. She was just about two weeks away from her 100th birthday. She passed away in her Los Angeles home in the Golden State that she so loved. As the world learned of her passing, people everywhere expressed their grief and gratitude. Upon her death, her agent, Jeff Witches, released this statement. Even though Betty was about to be 100, I thought she would live forever. I will miss her terribly, and so will the animal world that she loved so much. 
I don't think Betty ever feared passing because she always wanted to be with her most beloved husband, Alan Ludden. She believed she would be with him again. That's very sweet. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It makes you feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, you're really, really sad, but then you're like, oh, well, I mean, if that's how she felt about it, then, you know. (laughs) Right, and and the thing is, we've only, we've really just scratched the surface of her entire existence, right? Oh, absolutely. There's so so much more. (laughs) We didn't even talk about her love for vodka and hot dogs. Yes. Yes, and her, (laughs) and her dachshunds. Yes. She had lots of, very cute. It's like, she obviously lived an incredibly full life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you have such a good life like that, yeah. you, you know, you're ready. And I mean, we can't speak for her, mm-hmm. right? So we don't yeah. know exactly what her thoughts were. There, We can take some comfort in that she wanted to see at least her husband again. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mother has the most wonderful approach to, to death. She always... Even growing up, she said, well, we know so many things. We know almost everything in the world, but we don't know what happens at that moment. A lot of people think they do, but they don't. She said, so whenever we lose somebody, she'd say, now he knows the secret. And now she knows the secret. Betty White lived almost 100 years and never wasted a single second. She was truly remarkable, breaking through barriers and making it look easy. She discovered her passions and seized life. This was a woman that lived her life so well in the eyes of the people around her that they felt she deserved to live forever. And in many ways, Betty will. Thank you for everything, Betty. For the laughs, the lessons, and of course, for being a friend. Oh man, I mean, we can all agree with that, right? Yeah. There are there are a few people, a few really big names out there that we were like, oh man, if they were just around forever, that would be great. When they have such an impact on people's lives, especially for so long, yeah, almost a hundred years, yeah, you grow so attached. Like we mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, yeah. you grow so attached that you're like, they're just they're just around. That's yeah. they are always here because they've been here forever. Betty White was one of those people that really bridge generations you know you mm-hmm. yes you, know, you watch tv with your parents and your parents are like oh my gosh that's so and so and you're kind of like who and then mm-hmm. they feel so old oh. right and they're right. like oh god you don't know who that is but it betty white was that person that it was like everyone knew who she was yeah like, even though you know mm-hmm. you yep. know even though she was you know in her <laughs> 90s yeah you know yeah. you still knew who she was and your parents knew and your grandparents knew <laughs> yeah you may have different ideas of who she was right Mm -hmm. if you grew up with her as she was young you know obviously you remember her for different things but we all remember her for all of it she's a treasure she really yeah honestly a legend an absolute legend yes that will live on forever legends never die that's right that's yeah absolutely it's true yep and with that i think that's the case closed before we go we'd like to thank our patrons Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, J.D., Anthony, Shelley, Linda, Bob, Carlos, and Jaren. Hey. Oh, thank man. you. That's a lot of people. Yeah. You guys keep us going. Thank you guys very much. You do keep us going. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can also buy us a popcorn at buymeacoffee.com slash blackcasediary. And we just want to thank you for any support that you've given us, whether it be through listening, telling a friend, or donating. Yes, thank you very much. <sighs> thank you. Thank you. And yeah. thank you, Betty White. Uh, bye. All right. Bye. See ya. Thank you. Tomorrow on Daytime Password. Until then, this is Alan Ludden saying the password tonight is... Home. Will you take me home, please, Mr. Ludden? I certainly will, Miss <laughs> Ludden. Thank you. Good night.